Welcome to the Business of Beverages, drinks industry insights with makers, marketeers, and mischief. Hello, and welcome to the Business of Beverages bi-weekly quiz, uh, our little quizlet where Will P. Keating and myself, Podrick Foxy Fox, continue to do, well, I don't know, Will, do we even call it battle anymore? Like, it's, it's not about the competition. It's more about the taking part and learning about drinks along the way. It's like one of those arm wrestles where you see people just slowly, slowly going back and forth, but nobody ever actually winning. And But we both have fun, and that's the key thing. We're like, we're like those kids' soccer leagues where, you know, you don't, count, you don't really count the score. <laughs> it's debatable about whether it makes us better winners in life afterwards, but, you know. Well, I tell you, I'm very curious, though. Speaking of winners, you, you continue to win the work trip lottery. Uh, where are you this week? So I am now in Boston, Massachusetts, which was my home for a couple of years, just, just under a decade ago. So uh, today I'm going to go out and see what kind of mess I left behind and how many apologizing <laughs> I, I have to do around the town. But yeah, well, so I, I got in yesterday. I'll keep this brief because, you know, people tune in for the quiz element. Um, <laughs> of so course I, they do. So I got in, I got in yesterday uh, into the station out to my hotel, which is right beside the, where the Celtics and the Bruins play basketball and hockey. Yes. And this part of downtown has changed considerably. So you, you used to kind of like walk from like Faneuil Hall, which is kind of like the tourist center. Yeah, of, yeah, of yeah I know, know Faneuil. Yeah, down, down to uh, the TD Garden uh, or the Garden, as, as they call it over here. <laughs> yeah. And you know, there's, there's lots of like great sports bars, everything along Causeway Street to get you down here. And then it just kind of stopped. So you got to the, the stadium and then that was it. There was nothing really behind it. It was just like lots of highway. Uh, and if anybody has never been to Boston, they tried to create a new road system here about 30 years ago. That Big dig. Uh, the big dig uh, that was due to finish after five years. And to my, I won't even say to my surprise, <laughs> it's, it's still going on, right? Yeah, so yeah. some things never change. But out behind the, the stadium has become like really gentrified. So I'm staying in like a, a hotel that didn't exist previously, which is attached to like a food court, which has a music venue next door to it. it like this, this place is happening now. Wow. It used Phenomenal. To, this used to be this used to be at the fringe of kind of like city center activity. And yeah. now it feels like some of the city center activity has actually pulled out this way a little bit. And the, the city center might be a little bit quieter as a result. So all they were waiting for was for you to leave, and then the city really kicked off. Exactly. It turns out it was me that was holding it back. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, briefly, okay. I know we, we we had a big debate in our last episode about uh, and really an update, I suppose, about what kind of beverage trends you're seeing in the US but quickly now that you're back in Boston less than 24 hours but is there anything you've seen that's shocked you from your time there previously uh yes uh not Boston related um but just as I was leaving Philadelphia I spent uh ten dollars on a bottle of orange juice oh like I clearly didn't know the bottle of orange juice cost ten dollars before I was at the till and at that point it was like well I've committed to this bit now so I'm gonna have to, to buy it uh, I love it. The old, I'm too embarrassed to actually kick up a fuss about the fact that this orange juice is $10. Or, or literally put it back in the fridge beside me. I was like, no, no, I'm just going to do this. So cold, <laughs> cold crushed juices, Will. Oh, okay. So these are juices where there's no heat used in extracting them? or like Seemingly, a- yep. Um, supposed to be better for you. So it turns out it wasn't just orange juice. Uh, it also had turmeric, ginger, carrot juice, Oh, it was yeah, pretty yeah. Like, genuine. It, it was pretty good, but the uh, whatever way they, they packed them, the bottles are kind of like almost deflated a little bit. So when you open it, the, the air expands it out a little bit. It, it was tasty, but I'm, I'm not sure I would spend ten dollars regularly on, on a bottle of that. Well, 
Well, I can tell that you know you're you're better for it though, you know, and you have stories to tell. So exactly. it was well worth it. Yeah, yeah. So maybe on a future episode, I'll, I'll tell some of the other stories that have occurred since leaving Philadelphia and arriving to uh, to the great city of Boston. Now that you are in Beantown, however, we get to the main main event, main course, yes. which is yeah, our quiz. Yeah, let's let's do it. So, so Will, as always, I'm going to ask you: Would you like to ask the questions first, or would you like to answer the questions first? I am going to ask the questions first because I can't really oh. read my writing too well. I better get it done quickly. Um, so, Foxy. <laughs> for, fi- for five points, this drink was created in Ireland, but it is also produced under license in Reading, Pennsylvania. Goodness me. A drink that was created in Ireland, but also avail- like produced in Reading, Pennsylvania. Yes. I, this right. was a choice particularly inspired by our transatlantic conversation. So I wanted a transatlantic drink. Oh, uh, so, so Pennsylvania actually has contributed quite a lot to the food and drink scene, um, not just in the US, but globally as well. So Her- Hershey's chocolate, for example, from Pennsylvania, yes. yep. uh, there's a few other things. So I'm wondering, is it something super duper niche, like red lemonade? Oh, so no, but I have to say, I have to give you... Absolute kudos. You are you are on the right track, Foxy. You are on the right track. So, no. Um, I'm not sure this will help, but perhaps it might. Uh, for four points, uh, it has a notable achievement in that it has won not one, but two London Beverage Society Awards in both 1984 and 1989, where its foamy head would have made it stand out from the competition. <sighs> <laughs> like please tell me we don't do a pre-packaged irish coffee <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure somebody does um <laughs> that that would be here that here keep that stuff to yourself that's business idea goal there yes you know? uh, uh yeah patent pending patent pending um <laughs> wow uh an irish beverage that's also made in reading pennsylvania <laughs> yes that has a foamy head Yes. And that won awards for it. I, I, you know what? I, I even can't think of drinks that have foamy heads now. It's, uh, well, I, I think go, go back, go back to what your, your, your first guess was, was very close. <laughs> is it too simple to go white lemonade? Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is it, um, it's not cream soda, is it? It's not cream soda. It's not cream okay. soda, okay. But you're you're doing well, okay. Um, it, it, it for three points. A competition was held in Bonkrana, twenty eighth of July, twenty nineteen, to see which of the forty seven contestants could consume the most amount of this drink in fifteen minutes. What the hell? Like that is ah. Uh, this, this is this is such a great one because um, I have no idea. <laughs> There's a big clue in there. So so obviously we, we've led you to the point if you're having competition to see who consume the most of it. So obviously it's non-alcoholic. Yes, that was the... We've breadcrumbed you to that. Um, yeah. And there's another big, big clue in, in there. In the Bunkrana element? Mm-hmm. Football special is not made of Bunkrana, is it? <laughs> it is football special. Is it football special? Yeah, football special is made in Ramelton, but Bonkana is very close by. Very close, yeah. 
Uh, wow, that's uh, that, that's a great one, Will. That's super. I had no idea football special was made over like anywhere outside of uh, that Donegal kind of region. Yeah, for for uh, for two. For two points, this is what it would have been, um, you know, to just for our international listeners to understand how niche this product is. It is marketed as world famous in Donegal, uh, and it's synonymous with Donegal in particular, but it can also be found as far away as West Tyrone, North Sligo, and some ethnic Donegal stores in Glasgow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I believe it's also quite possible in Monaghan. Uh, it could, it could, maybe it's traveled as far as Monaghan. Um, it was specially created to mimic the appearance of beer so that locals could celebrate the winning of football trophies responsibly. Interesting. Have, have you ever had it? Uh, I have had it. Yes. Uh, and I, I, I know that many people are going to say, okay, they go Google it, they go look it up or whatever, or trying to understand, you know, what precisely is it? It's, it's a soda, a mineral, as we would say here. But my favorite bit of the website is where the guys from McDade say, uh, what does it taste like? You tell us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to say it's, uh, it's not for me. Uh, I've no. tried it once or twice and it's, yeah. Yeah, I, I I think they they've tried to rebrand it as a craft soda from before craft sodas were a thing. Uh, to me, it's just I I mm, I don't know what it is, but uh, unique to Donegal, almost apart from Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's that's, that's amazing. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, well done, Will. That was that was great. That was educational and fun. Uh, I I'm, I'm delighted with my three points on that because uh, when you said Reading, Pennsylvania, did not know it was going to be football special. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is a that's a weird one, but you know, uh, as long as I can trust uh, Wikipedia, it's definitely true. Okay, great. Well, Will, are you ready for uh, to answer some questions yourself now? I sh- shall be ready as soon as you start. Okay. Well, in that case, Will, for five points, the the actual origins of this beverage have been lost to folklore, but it was definitely created at some point between 1936 and 1962. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, I, I, look. To be fair, it was definitely closer to the nineteen thirty six, nineteen forties era than the nineteen sixty two. Okay. So, side side note: so the guy who claimed to have invented it in nineteen sixty two was at a New York socialite party kind of a thing. It definitely existed before that. It was being served in bars and restaurants before that. So that. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, so as soon as I hear the kind of 1936, I, you know, I don't know why, but Fanta just keeps coming up to me. Like, you know, it's like, you know, it's like the, the old Nazi. Nothing else on this, if we've done nothing else on this podcast, we have definitively tied Fanta to Nazi Germany. <laughs> so uh, as soon as I like 1930s, okay. Um, so assuming that it, it's not our old uh, favorite racist uh, Nazi uncle, uh, Fanta, mm, I'm, I'm going to be thinking it's some kind of cocktail for some reason. I'm just thinking golden era of cocktails, and I'm going to go with Harvey Wallbanger. Uh, it, it is not the Harvey Wallbanger, but, but you're thinking about the right kind of golden era. Ooh. Yeah. So, well, per hour, per hour, oh, 185,000 of these are consumed every day in the United States. Sorry. So, so per hour, one hundred eighty-five thousand of these are consumed in the United States. Jesus. Oh God. <laughs> Anything that gets measured in hundreds of thousands per hour must be ubiquitous and 
Oh my god. Um Okay. Um and if there's if there's doubt about its origin, this is really weird. Chocolate milk. Uh it's it's not chocolate milk. Um the so the doubt about the origin might change a little bit on on, on the next one. Um, again, okay. it, its, orig- its origins have been lost to folklore, but it's a um, it, it is very closely related to the Spanish brandy daisy. There's a Spanish brandy called daisy. No, or no, no. It, there's a drink. So, so, so there's a type of cocktail called a a daisy. Ah, uh, now there you go. You learn something new every day. There you go. And the the, the Spanish one uses brandy in it. Okay, you have me because I just don't know. Um. So I, I I need to go back to my original thought process and sort of golden era cocktails. Um, it's. Um, Maybe, maybe, maybe step away from the golden era thinking and just, just concentrate on the cocktail. Now you said very ubiquitous, 185,000 per hour of this cocktail, very popular in the US. You see, um, I'm not saying it originated in the US, but it's very popular in the US. Okay, I'm going to say an old fashioned. Uh, it's it's not an old fashioned, but you're kind of it's it's that kind of like very 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 widely available. It, it 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 kind of got very popular in U.S. culture, where Tommy Hilton, the then uh, head of the Hilton Hotel Group, had this at a party in Mexico and brought it back to the Hilton Hotel chain. Is it a margarita? It is a margarita. Ah. Oh. <laughs> so I knew if I gave you a clue with the ingredients, you'd get it straight away. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, its origins have been lost to folklore. There's like six or seven different stories of it being invented in 1936 in honor of such a uh, Mexican singer, or you know, 1941 in honor of this Mexican singer, or of this bartender's goddaughter, all of whom were <laughs> called some version of Margaret or Margarita. Um, but the um, the Spanish brandy daisy. So a daisy is a is a type of cocktail that's served in a coupe glass, much like a margarita. And daisy is the uh, a little bit of a familiarization of the name Margaret ah. in Spanish. Yeah, there you go. And then uh, Tommy Hilton allegedly brought it back to the Hilton Hotel chain, which popularized it in the US, although it yes. was definitely available in US bars prior to this. So again, this origin folklore thing. And then the, the final clue for one point, uh, which you were 100% going to get it on, it became further popularized in 1974 with Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville, which is a chain of, it's a chain of restaurants that are really popular over here. Yeah, 100%. Uh, love Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville and Jimmy Buffett in general. Um, you know, uh, sharks that swim on the land is <laughs> classic. Um, so fantastic. Great. I, I did not know about the daisy and it, I'm struggling to understand how you would make a margarita with brandy instead of uh, uh, tequila. But there you go. Well, Congratulations. It's, it's, uh, it's, not qu- it's not quite the same thing. It's related to it, but it's not just swapping one out the other. But again, well, 185,000 per hour. Not to be sniffed at. No, no. Uh, I remember making margaritas, serving them. God, back in the 90s with lots of frozen margaritas as well with the uh, horrible slushy strawberry margarita being a, a kind of a, a particularly uh, vile and unhelpful uh, addition to the family. Yeah. Uh, th- did I ever tell you about the time Jimmy Buffett played in Dublin 
and some of his supporters booked out 200 spots in in a bar that myself and my good friend chris who's been on the podcast were in no he did not is this gonna end well uh not for anybody else in the bar no uh, especially <laughs> the poor dj who had been hired to create like a nice after work atmosphere only to have 200 people demand margaritaville over and over and over oh, and every so often they do a little shark movement and they were all wearing like these dead low jimmy buffett t-shirts it was it ruined everybody else's drinking experience but they had a great time <laughs> uh, is he still alive is he still going I have no idea. <laughs> I didn't research it that hard, but his restaurant chain is still going and still going very strong. In fact, there is a Margaritaville next door to the hotel here. There you go. We now we know where you got your inspiration from. Um, listen, congratulations, great victory! So you can celebrate with Ramelson's finest, and we shall catch up shortly. Good luck. Thank you for listening to the Business of Beverages. It's been our pleasure to bring you this episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe and recommend us to one other friend or colleague. As ever, we are independently produced and self-funded, so we appreciate your support in listening, sharing, or reviewing this podcast. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter, where we go by at BizBevPod. If you'd like to support us further, you can find us on buymeacoffee.com forward slash BizBevPod.